Welcome, my memorialized, to another round of the book recaps. Doong, 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 doong. Yeah, this indeed is the episode where I, Kyron, host of the Mere Mortals podcast, but also this one, the Mere Mortals book review, go over the books that we have covered on this channel in October of 2022. I also go through the Boostergram Lounge and thank those who have supported the show and uh, completing the feedback loop of the value for value model, which this show also is a part of. And then also give you maybe a little sneak insight, a peek into what is coming up of November of 2022. So there was four books that were covered in this month, uh, Voss by Patrick White, Great Stories by Chekhov, by Anton Chekhov, uh, Ernesto Sabato's About Heroes and Tombs or On Heroes and Tombs, and then also Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, which Juan reviewed. I'm going to jump straight into my favorite of the whole bunch, which was Voss by Patrick White. I'd been meaning to read this for quite some time. It's a renowned as a, an Australian classic. This is the only author who I believe, only Australian author who has uh, received the Nobel Prize in Literature, I believe. So uh, I, I, I thought it was definitely worthy of, of checking him out. It's been on my list for a long time. And I just didn't get around to it when I did that Australian Book a Month. Uh, about a year ago, I think it was. So, picked this up and read it through. Normally, I'm not a fan of these kind of experimental, obscure, too much writing verbose type of books, but this one landed with me. It resonated with me. And you'll see in About Heroes and Tombs or On Heroes and Tombs that, you know, that one didn't resonate with me, even though you could say it was equally experimental. So, there was some... I've written down here, imagine dialogue stripped down to not the bare necessities, but the bare meaning. So he's trying to convey the meaning, but the, the bare necessities of the actual speech itself is is relevant. And there's a lot of extra words and things being thrown in. It, it kind of feels like there's rarely a wasted word, even if the sentence is trivial. So it's it's, it's this weird one where I felt it fit into place. And so I'll give you a couple of examples. This is from page 138. Um, Duckbirds mostly. It was strange that such soft things that c- could explode the silence, but they did most vehemently by their mere passage through it. Voss was jubilant as brass. Symbols clapped drunkenly. Now he had forgotten words, but sang his jubilation in a cracked bass that would not have disgraced temples, but dedicated to God. Yes, God. So he's, he was German. He had remembered. He had sung it. It rang out shatteringly like a trumpet blast. There's those. There's something about that. Voss was jubilant as brass. There's just, I, I like that. I like those, there, there was nice turns of phrases that were throughout this book. There was another one where, um, this is on page 171, where once again, it, it just called out to me. It, it was worthy of noting. And so I'm going to have to find the, actual section here so it starts with palfrey man shivered ah christ is an evil dream he feared and all my life i've been deceived after the bones of the naked christ had been drawn away through the fettered room by sheets of moonlight and out the doorway the fully conscious witness continued to lie on his blanket face to face with his own shortcomings and his greatest error but there was an end to this unhappiness he was surprised to find the moonlight returned voss to the room as he moved back his bones were creaking and his skin had erupted in a green greenish verdigris Paul Freeman nearly put out his hand to, rec- to recall them both to their normal relationship, but was restrained by an excess of cold. I don't know. There's just something something within it. And uh, I can understand if this doesn't resonate with you, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at there for the moment. But 
yeah, I would say if you're looking for turns of phrases for portions of writing, which perhaps you have not been really able to find elsewhere, like in poetry, a lot of poetry kind of goes over my head and doesn't resonate with me. I found this kind of be to be a nice bridging gap between something that's kind of poetical um, in the English language, at least. And yet it's, it's still somewhat understandable. Uh, although I did receive some comments on, on some uh, the videos that I put out that people were just saying, you know, uh, Patrick White is kind of like the most incomprehensible <laughs> author out there. I would put others above him in terms of uh, uh, like incomprehensibility, looking at you, Martin Heidegger, and uh, many of the philosophers. But yeah, I, I can understand why people would also go, like this is this is silly. I, I don't care about this book or want to read it. So I understand that. So I gave that a seven and a half out of ten. Next one I enjoyed was Great Stories by Chekhov. I gave this a six and a half out of ten. Once again, the I'm not a big fan of collections of of stories, but I did want to read something by Chekhov because he's a he's kind of renowned uh, Russian author. Um, and yeah, once again, there was nice passages. And I think if I'd been out, you know, if I knew the the Russian language, these probably would have been even more impactful. But I'll read out a couple of them here, which jumped out at me. So this one was on page 42. And I'm just going to have to find the actual section that's talking about immortality. Uh, to find one's immortality in the transmutation of substances is as strange as to prophesize to prophecy uh, a brilliant future for the case after a precious violin has been broken and become useless. So, yeah, there was, there was, fun, there was something funny about this where it was just it was talking about how the, like the casing or the confusing what is actually important for the casing around it and, and then prophesizing like, oh, wow, that's going to be amazing in the future when it's, the actual substance has moved on and, and gone away. Uh, so I, I thought that was a nice panel, um, uh, a nice analogy and, and kind of panel for uh, when it was it was related to a story, which will take a little bit too long to to talk about. So on page forty seven here, somewhat talking about the the same uh, immortality and things like that. So. And immortality? Oh, come now. You don't believe in it, but I do. Somebody in Dostoevsky or Voltaire said that there, if had... Apologies for my, my bad I'm reciting. Yeah, reading from books is not my strong suit. You don't believe in it, but I do. Somebody in Dostoevsky or Voltaire said that if there had not been a god, men would have invented him. And I firmly believe that there that if there is no immortality, the great intellect of man will sooner or later invent it. Well, said... Well said, observed Andrei Yemefetich, smiling with pleasure. It's a good thing you have faith. With such a belief, one may live happily, even shut up within walls. You have studied somewhere, I presume. Yeah, there was something about the that idea that God would, um, even if there had not been a God, men would create it and kind of be looking for that immortality. And even if it's not possible, there is just something enticing and drawing about it, which will, will always return people to it and I, I think i want to explore this more in a in a podcast episode with Juan or something just that i why why are people so fascinated about immortality and you know we can see this through the age as a fountain of youth of of people wanting to leave legacies and things like that yeah there's uh there's there's quite a few things related to that topic 
And then the last one, this was on page uh, 127. And so this was talking, they were making fun of someone. So, um, yeah, there there are no deep social movements among us and never have been, the doctor declared loudly. There is no end to what the new literature has invented. It has invented intellectual workers in the country, and you may search through all our villages and find at the most some lout in a reefer jacket or a black frock coat who will make four mistakes in the spelling of a word of three letters. <laughs> I love that. There was uh, I laughed out. I really laughed when I heard that. Four mistakes in the spelling of a word with three letters. That's brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, once again, I, I, I enjoyed it, but... Uh, I'm I'm probably not going to be returning to Chekhov too much uh, because I believe he's mostly written short stories and maybe one book. So if I can get access to that book, I would maybe. Um, but maybe Russian works are things that I'll leave for the future. And um, there's a something about in the Boostergram Lounge that I'll talk more about Russian. So we'll leave it for there. The last book of mine that I reviewed, uh, Sobre Heroes y Tumbas, or On Heroes and Tombs by Ernesto Sabato. I read this in the Spanish uh, language itself, which just tends to make things a bit more difficult for me. Uh, I do enjoy it, and I have enjoyed multiple books um, of reading it in the Spanish, but this, unfortunately, was not one of them. I gave it a four and a half, and... It was too experimental and it's really weird because I, I'd written this down uh, originally. So I, I tend to make, take notes on my phone as I'm reading the books for the purpose of remembering and wanting to talk about on the, the book reviews and on here on the book recap. And I said initially, so this was probably when I was about halfway through the book, bizarre, but it works. Unlike many others, which seem strange just to be obscure, feels like there is a purpose. The weird house of Alejandra randomly switching to a guy of chasing blind folk, two pages about an explosion and then explaining about how it happened. Yeah, it was it was good. I was I was within the novel. I was intrigued by it. I loved I liked the storyline, I liked the hinting, I liked the framing. All of it seemed pretty good up until about halfway, maybe two thirds of the way through. And then this is what I came away, uh, away with afterwards. Started strong and intriguing, but became more vague as he played with more styles. By the end, I was deflated. All my interest in the tragedy had waned. Uh, there was ability to say a lot with nothing really being said. So why was Bruno talking about random communists and anarchists who had never been mentioned before? This seems to be a commonality across multiple books of this genre or pattern. That idea where it can start off with kind of strong... Uh, initial storytelling what you would maybe can say is a conventional storytelling and then as the experimentation goes on it, it starts to starts to get weird so yeah once again this book I, I liked for the the passages this is really a month of finding unique passages which stuck stood out to me but maybe the the overall theme the overall fullness of the as a book just didn't capture me so I'm going to try this again, reading, um, translating directly into English from the Spanish. Um, it might not work as much as some of these other things might not um, work as, as well. So the Russian is probably best, uh, you know, understanding the Russian language and whatnot. But uh, I'll give it a shot. So this was from page 137. And um, there was a run on style with words like ectoplasma, putrefaction and s subtle emanation. So 
Uh, let me try and find the exact section here. Um, so, yeah. Okay, here we go. So, uh, sin su soporte y solo puede... Uh, should I try and translate this in... <laughs> I'll, I'll read it out in the Spanish so you can kind of maybe hear what it sounds like in, and then I'll, I'll try and translate it. Sin su soporte y solo pudiera perdurar el tiempo que perdura la sutil emanación que se desprendió de aquel cuerpo en el instante de la muerte, especie de ectoplasma o de gas radioactivo que irá luego sufriendo su propia atenuación. Eso que algunos consideran el fantasma del muerto, fantasma que mantiene difus difusamente la forma del ser que desapareció, pero haciéndose más y más inconsistente hasta disolverse en la nada final. Okay, <laughs> so uh, translating this to the English should be something like, um, uh, without, without his support, and it could only last the time um, <laughs> uh, until the point of the subtle uh, uh, emanation okay, that that left the body in the instance of death, uh, a species of ectoplasm or de of radioactive gas that uh, afterwards uh, suffering the... Uh, I can't do it. <laughs> it's way too hard. I can sometimes... Uh, that's weird. Sometimes I can actually translate relatively well from the from the Spanish to English, but um, today my brain just wants to to mix between the two or, or say or, or instead of or. Uh, another one there was on page 182, so not long afterwards, where it was, there's there's just these moments where it, it seems overly sentimental. Like that that was a single sentence that I read out there and it just went on and on and on. <clears throat> that, when it happens in English, I don't particularly enjoy. I find that to be too long. I find it to be strange. I, uh, if I, when I see it in old books, like in Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations, I just go, God, this is boring. Just get to the point already. Why, why is this sentence taking so long? Whereas in Spanish, I tend to enjoy it. I tend to go, oh, okay. Like it's, there's a sentiment of this running on feeling, which I, which I enjoy. So yeah, once again, uh, the, the book itself, not a biggest fan of, but individual portions and small things about it, I, I, I did quite enjoy. The final one was Can't Hurt Me, and this is one that Juan reviewed of Dave Go David Goggins, and he gave this a 7.5 out of 10, so right up there with Voss um, in terms of the rating system, assuming Juan's rating system is roughly equivalent to mine. And yeah, I look, it's not the type of book I'm particularly interested in, mostly because of the author himself, uh, and just I, I just generally don't really read new books per se, so... Uh, this, I'm glad Juan's here doing the channel because these are books that you're probably never going to hear from me. Taking souls as a nice catchphrase is something that has a ring to that. I do like that, even though I'm not a competitive person. I, uh, there's the there's something poetic about that. I, I do think that's cool. Um, talking about poetry and, and David Goggins, never thought I'd mention those two in the same sentence. And it just made me came come away with a couple of things. So can you? So the book seemed to have this very competitive type drive and it was weird kind of comparing yourself to others, but doing it in a way where you're not going to, you know, comparison is the thief of joy is a very common phrase. Um, so when you're in this competitive mindset, such as he is, 
is does this make you more vulnerable to to comparing yourself in a negative way in an unhelpful way can you still be nice to people if if you're in a competitive environment does this work in a team environment or is it more of a selfish individual thing those are a couple of uh, questions that i i came i came out wondering from his mentality and maybe if i'd read the book i i would understand these things but am i gonna probably not so uh, in any case I'm, I'm glad Juan enjoyed it and uh, took some things away from that for himself so that is awesome those are the books of october of 2022 let's get into the boostergram lounge so i had missed a couple that were sent in september uh, because i i have to record this basically before the end of the month is out so usually i'm a, a couple of days before the end of the month so we have one here from peter and i should explain right at the start a boostergram lounge is where i read out all the boostergrams that come in so the way that we uh, gain support from this show in a financial way is by asking you to send in a message on your podcasting app so if you're listening in via the video, I do appreciate that. And you can leave comments there and um, I, I still might even include them in here. But I really do appreciate it if you go into a newpodcastapp.com, choose one of the ones there where you have the ability to uh, kind of add some Bitcoin onto a, a wallet on the app or to have it on there. And then you can stream in amounts to us while you're listening as showing support for the show if you really enjoy listening to these book reviews. And then it's sending in individual messages related to comments on the books, into uh, observations, into things like this. So uh, yeah, we'll get right into them here. So we have from starting from Peter, and this was in September of uh, 2022. Uh, sorry, 22nd of September of 2022. And he says, by taking out the rage and chaos, and chaos, I think the author was attempting to remind us that we are basically in the boat as the people in the book, but with much less awareness of the situation. So this is uh, related to the book On the Beach by Neville Shute. And that was 4,901 sats sent using the Fountain app. And yeah, yeah, it was tempting to remind us that we're basically in the same boat as the people of the book, but with much less awareness. Look, I, I certainly hope that's not the case because that, that would be a, a non-fun uh, situation to be in. What I really took from the book um, was the, I suppose, the idea of how would, how would humans actually behave when we all know we're going to die? Because I, I can see why not thinking about death is very useful it's, you know, it's, it's kind of depressing thought. There's so many things I want to do. There's so many loved ones that are going to pass away in my life. It's just not a, a particularly pleasant thing to contemplate. It's in, inherently, it's, it's not going to be fun unless you're thinking about people you hate dying. But even then, that's kind of weird because you're just marinating in hatred, which is, um, I, I would say, is not a great feeling objectively either. And yeah, so this was taking out the rage and chaos Hmm. That's an interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to think more on that, and um, I'll I'll get back to you uh, another time, um, Peter. Related to that, so <laughs> another one uh, on the same book was from Dave Jones. He sends through 2070 sats, um, and this is via Castomatic, and he says, "Don't die, Kyron!" Exclamation mark. Four exclamation marks. I don't intend to, Dave. Worry, worry not, worry not. Um, the yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't plan on dying. 
Another one coming here through Peter on the 1st of October through the fountain again, 7,623 sats. The premise of this book is nonsense, enough said. And so that was via The Stranger by Albert Camus. Uh, oh man, I can't tell if he's being, um, if he's being kind of uh, satirical here because the book itself is related to absurdism, which is nonsense. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> the premise of this book is nonsense. Enough said. But it could also be a reflection of the book, and he really hates it. Um, I'm not. I'm not so sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the book is uh, related to absurdism. I didn't find it as absurd as uh, his general philosophy has played out to be. Um, I I get I, I get it. I I get if I overlay it on top of it. And, and analyze it through this lens of absurdism. But just me reading the book, if you'd told me this was another author, I wouldn't have come away thinking, mm, yeah, this is really good absurdist thought or this, this explains absurdism in, a, in an intriguing way or, a, or a, this concept of absurdism because I believe it was one of the first books Camus ever really read um, or written and is renowned for. So, yeah, I... I particularly didn't take that away I, I i found it more intriguing the relationship i guess between applying justice and indifference and a person who kind of lacks these I, I i would i would have said it was more a book about the justice system and what is justice rather than absurdism but yeah each each takes out what they want to we have one here from unito fax fac f-a-c-c and he says great episode mate and this was related to the uh, great stories by Chekhov. Hey, thank you so much, my friend. And then finally, we have Peter, and that was through Fountain. Then Peter through Fountain, 7,623 sats. Uh, thank you for supporting, Peter. Very much appreciated. Um, and this was also related to great stories by Chekhov. And he says, how would you rank, how would rank Russian authors? And I assume he means, how would you rank Russian authors? Um, I would rank them as depressed <laughs> no no that i would i would rank them as their their books generally fit in a very small niche from what i can tell uh, so just over the years what i have read obviously chekhov book here but uh quite a few of dostoyevsky so this would be uh, crime and punishment this would be the Brothers Karamazov, this would be um, The Prince or The Idiot, sorry. Um, so those are some of the books I've read by him. Uh, I've read a few of Tolstoy's short novels uh, and then also his big ones. Along, This was quite a long time ago, so this was War and Peace and Anna Karenina. I always mispronounce that, Anna Karenina. Uh, and what else have I read? There's a couple others. Um a couple of, I think I've read some poetry by, by someone at, at some point. So, you know, I've, I've, I've read the main people that, that get thrown out when, when you talk of Russian authors, uh, I would probably, uh, uh, Solzhenitsyn, of course, for, with the Gulag Archipelago, that's a very, very famous book. And the most popular book review that I've done on this channel as well, uh, in terms of YouTube. So there you go. Um, if you're, if you're wondering what was the most popular one that's uh it was it's the the book and then also the additional notes that i did on the book or the quotes that i took from that so i mean in terms of favorites in terms of what i've taken out from them and that i would go back and reread again i would put 
definitely the Gulag Archipelago is top, number one. And then I would probably put Brothers Karamazov and um, Crime and Punishment next. War and Peace and Anna Karina, they're, they're just big books, man. They're just a lot to get through, a lot to get through. And I would say in terms of learning or in terms of wisdom per page, I, I found Dostoyevsky to be a bit better. But uh, Tolstoy is much more fun to read in many ways because it's, you know, there's there's joy in it. There's there's some laughter at least. There's <laughs> There's some themes not related to internal suffering, external suffering, cold, miserable suffering. <laughs> you know, he's just got some some additional... Uh, and then, you know, the associated kind of um, transcendence that comes through suffering, which seems to be very um, uh, categorizing Russian authors. That That's a very common theme. But what I like about Dostoyevsky is the, the kind of monologues that you can get. So there's the monologue of... Um, Ivan, when he's talking to Alyosha or, or about this this kind of Spanish Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisitioner who's, I think, talking to Jesus or to a person in a cell, that is just a fantastic section and the build-up to it, I think, is what makes it. Much as how the uh, when in uh, Raskolnikov is talking to the prostitute in uh, Crime and Punishment, that that kind of monologue he has, the build up to it, and then the monologue. I, I I just think there's something so good about those monologues, and I've I've found those in other books as well. Much like in Taru's monologue in the Plague by Albert Camus, I, I I really really enjoyed that. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. Those are my favorite. Uh, I do have a desire to read some Pushkin. I believe there's a, a there's a novel called Alexandra Onigen or something, or Eugene Onigen, Wanjin. I'm not sure how to pronounce that name, which I do want to give a try. Um, and there, I know there's another section of great stories or other stories by Chekhov in my local library that I could get. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure I'll, I'll bother to get that. So, yes, thank you, everyone. Once again, this is a Value for Value podcast. If you've enjoyed listening in, tuning. If you've gotten value from the book reviews, I just ask that you send that back. So you can do that in whatever way you want to. You can share it with a friend. You can send in through a note or give me book recommendations that you think I would read based on previous stuff. You could highlight some stuff that I've gotten wrong. You could give me additional insights or suggestions on what you would like to know about books. If you would like to know, I don't know, every reference or every link that I could think of how this is similar to other books I could put that in you know I'm open to suggestions um, and I am very keen to improve the podcast as well and then of course if you want to support monetarily uh, you could go to one of the apps that has been mentioned in here like Castomatic, like Fountain, Breeze is another good one and send me through some Bitcoin with a message attached preferably because I really enjoy interacting with you uh, and doing these these sections. So thank you, Peter, Dave, and oh, I've, I'm sorry, I've forgotten your name, um, Mr. Mysterious Person who sent through 24 sats. You need to fuck. Much appreciated, all of you. Um, you're, you're, you're helping to support this show and, and keeping, keeping this product rolling and, and rocking and giving me the desire to keep going on. It, it really, really does warm my heart. So thank you. Thank you a lot. 
Now, let's go on to what's coming up for November of 2022. Well, this is going to be a kind of mystery because I actually don't really know. I have basically read through all of these books that I'd, I'd gotten from the library and they're all due in two days ago. So this afternoon, in fact, I'm going to go to the library and, and uh, put these in there. And uh, I've just randomly through my list selected a whole bunch of different ones and I'm just going to see what comes in and, and see what I feel like doing. I might even read like a coding book. Uh, I could, yeah, I honestly have no idea what's coming up. I know Juan is still on his binge of kind of Ryan Holiday-esque. So it's it's not self-help, but it's kind of philosophy, but for the masses is how I would probably say it because, you know, you're not reading the direct author and sometimes this is a good thing because uh, as we've learned from my philosophy from the fast, past year, uh, reading Niche and Heidegger and Derek Parfit uh, in the individual is, uh, it can be a very painful process. So that's probably what, what is coming up for one side of things. So just imagine a a current author who has written something within the last five years is imagine is what I'm kind of imagining. And for me, I mean, honestly, is <laughs> Russian, Australian, Argentinian, um, short stories, experimental novel and Nobel prize winning. <laughs> I don't think there's much, uh, there's much uh, picking of choosing a style that I like in particular. So, there we go. Um, that's it for, for this book recap. Thank you very much for joining me to the end. I really do hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world and we'll see you for some more books coming up in November of 2022. Peace, Karen out.